Welcome to Maximizing Life in the Middle, a podcast featuring two people consciously living and loving as husband and wife, parents, and individuals working to make the most out of their lives. I'm Jay Taylor. And I am Aaron Taylor, and we are so happy that you are spending some time with us today. Episode 5 of the Maximizing Life in the Middle podcast. So today, our topic is perspective. And so, I kind of came to this topic as something I wanted to talk about because of a story that came up out of the end of our son's freshman year playing on the volleyball team. So we had come to the end of the year tournament. And um, they had just lost their second match, which eliminated them. It was a a double elimination tournament. And he had had a pretty good uh, day that day playing-wise. But obviously the team did not win the tournament. Um, They were eliminated and thus the end of his first year playing. So we got in the car and uh, rather than ask or rather than say the John O'Sullivan thing of, oh, I just love watching you play. Which I think at this age he probably wouldn't appreciate anyway because he's very emotionally invested in that game. Right, and and he also he knows that trick too because we talked with him about it. So yes. I made him watch John's TED Talk, in fact, years ago. <laughs> right. Um, so I instead said, so we're here at the end of the season, so, you know, What do you think? What was your overall opinion of the season? And he paused for just a second and said, disappointing. Mm. And I, in my head, I was like, disappointing. Wow. And so we, I kind of asked him to elaborate a little bit on it. And what came to the forefront I think, was that he spoke to the idea that in the last two weeks, three weeks of the season, um, I think as the grind wore him down a little bit and as... They were playing four days, four matches a week and... Right, four matches a week, practice on the days when they were not, one day off a week maybe, and just in general, he, I think... He played. He did not play as well at the end of the season as he may have been playing at the very beginning of the season. But, you know, there's so many factors that can contribute. And I said, well, you know, that's fine, but I wanted to do a little bit of an exercise. And I pat myself on the back a little bit because I think this was really ingenious at that moment. Did, wait, did, but did you say, did you use the word exercise with him? Because if you did, I can just see him rolling his eyes. Oh, my God. Here we go again. <laughs> no, I didn't say exercise, but I said, you know what? I want you to think back. So it was an exercise, but I didn't tell him. It was yeah, you can't, you can't yeah. show him that that's the right. name of it. <laughs> but I said, let's think back to a year ago. And around May of when this was kind of ending, um, the, fre- the, the, the soon-to-be freshman kids in our town, the eighth graders, 
go to an open night at the local high school. And that was actually earlier in the year, but it doesn't matter. It's just an orientation night. It's like an orientation night towards the activities. And all the sports teams are there, and all of the um, clubs are there represented. And the kids. And many of the teachers. Let's not forget about the academic part. Yeah, of the school. academic part of it, sure. They're all there for the kids to come in and kind of see what they're all about. And I recalled to him that a year ago, he went to that night, and he's a big kid. He's tall. He's, you know, kind of athletic looking. So when the time came to go into the gym where all the sports teams were gathered, there were a number of different teams who were kind of like, hey, come on over here. Check out what we're all about. Now, he at that point really had his mind very focused on baseball. Um, and, you know, I think there was some discussion of the team was kind of calling him over and talking to him about what the baseball team was like when you got there. But he was equally um, recruited isn't quite the word, but uh, sort of cajoled to come over by the people who were on the volleyball team. And there was a definitive in the spring of uh, 2016, there was a definitive question at that point of, when spring of 2017 came around, was he going to play baseball or was he going to play volleyball? And he was trying to figure out what he would do. And, you know, he's like, well, maybe I'll play trial for the baseball team. But if I got cut, then I would fall back on volleyball. And so as I walked him through this exercise, I said, so that's where you were a year ago. And then through last summer, you played a bunch of beach tournaments and you had so much fun playing volleyball. And by the end of the summer, you were saying, well, maybe I'll give this indoor volleyball thing a try and see what it's all about. And then once that occurred, he suddenly decided, oh, he was going to play club volleyball through the winter, through the winter. And then I kind of worked together with another with a program that I knew to form a team and I coached him and he had a great time playing there and he was you know, easily the best player on the team, I think, you know, empirically, not not dad looking at it. But objectively, I think he was the strongest player on that team, had a great time playing, played a tournament where he played up, had a great time playing there. So that by the time he came to spring, he was dead set that volleyball was going to be the thing and baseball was going to be, oh, I'll keep playing rec if I get a chance. And then as we were talking about it going into the trial process, the coaches of the teams kind of knew that he was coming and said, oh, well, you know, maybe you'll, you know, maybe if you can, like, come to some of the freshman team practices, even though the freshman coach said, I know I probably won't have you on my freshman team, to going through the trial process, to finding out that he was on the varsity, to ending up as the starting outside hitter on the varsity team as a freshman and playing, on balance, I would say probably as many minutes on the floor as anybody else did on the team though by the end it was kind of you know again he was he wasn't playing as well as he had at the start but still very solid and so I I said to him I said you could look at it from two weeks ago or you could look at it from a month ago but I said but I'm kind of taking a longer term perspective at it and looking at it from a year ago and from that year ago to where you just finished up your season there's no the, the disappointing can't be in there the, you know it, it has to be exciting clarifying 
um, I don't know what other words to to use, but none of none of it can be a disappointment. Yeah, he should be proud of himself. Proud of of where he, you know, of the accomplishment. Uh, excited about the fact that he had found kind of at least one piece of his niche. You know what I mean? Like this was one of the things that he now would self-identify as. I'm a volleyball player. That's what I do. That's one of the things that I am. And that was an important thing, I think, for him to recognize was you can look at it in the week or you can look at it in the 10 minutes of that game or, you know, the the season from the whole. But my perspective was to look at it from when he sort of definitively started thinking about playing to where the end of the first season was. I mean, that's easy for me to do, to look at a single year and have perspective on that. But for a 14-year-old kid, looking at one year of their life and taking that perspective is like looking at 8% of their lives and trying to have perspective on a giant chunk. It would be like asking a... It's like asking a uh, 44-year-old person to look at the three-year time frame, right? Like, hey, yeah, so what did you think of that? three and a half year time frame and you're like wow that's that's a huge chunk of time but that's effectively what it is from a for a 14 year old boy so that i think was an interesting um point interesting thing do you think that it helped him to turn his mood around or feel any better about the season by going through that little exercise I think it did. I mean, I think it's. Uh, I mean, you were there too. I think his response was was more positive. Was more um, kind of. Oh yeah, you know what? Looked at it like if you when he looked at it from that viewpoint, I think it did help him. You know, um, I'm not sure if it completely unwound his frustration at how the the tournament and the season had turned out because they were they, they struggled. Lost, they lost more than they thought they would. Yeah, they lost they lost a fair amount of their games. Their record was was not a you know, they were below five hundred team on balance. But they certainly have a lot of potential moving forward as, you know, he and, you know, some of the other younger players kinda grow through the process and become better volleyball player so I think it did help I think is the answer so bringing that perspective to our to our kids to our own lives um, you know and trying to maybe always shift the perspective you know and not just a time perspective maybe but other perspectives Um, I know you said that you had something that you that 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 word triggered you to not triggered you uh, prompted a thought in your mind about something. Yeah, this is, um, we'll have to do an episode on the idea of accepting versus resisting because that's a whole, that could be a whole, not just an episode, but that could be a whole lifetime's worth of work there. But I was talking with someone I know who's, child has a serious medical illness a serious illness and she's really been struggling with his the fact that he has this illness and 
I think I was able to give her a bit of a an alternative perspective on the situation. She was looking, you know, she was kind of resisting the idea, why does he have this? It's not fair. Oh, my goodness. I'm so worried. I'm so scared. And all of that stuff is completely expected and natural for a parent whose child has a serious illness. But I told her that my belief is that we all come into this world and inhabit the form that we choose, which is our bodies. We choose. I think we choose our parents, and I think we choose our some of our situation. And I believe that it is ultimately for our higher, for the evolution of our soul, so that we can learn whatever lessons that we're supposed to learn in this lifetime. And so she told me that 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 looking at it like that helped her to be less resistant to the fact that he has this illness and that it it helped her to not feel so stressed, to not feel so worried, to not be so attached to this situation. So I think shifting your perspective can help ease suffering on many different levels in many different situations. I think that's really what it's about, easing your suffering. Because when you put yourself in a state of mind where your perspective is one where you are, well, basically where you're resisting the situation, you're putting yourself in a state of suffering. That's what Tony Robbins says a lot. You're putting yourself in a state of suffering. But it would be much better if you could have yourself in a beautiful state. And I think being in a beautiful state requires shifting your perspective. Yeah, I, I, I don't, you know, obviously that's a fairly heavier kind of situation than a uh, how did the how did the volleyball season go for you? And I think that there's definitely a perspective shift in something like that that can be useful, but. I don't think it always also has to be in those heavy situations. I mean, yes, it's useful. It's useful in any given moment to just sort of say, okay, here's the lens I was looking through. Now let me look through the mic, you know, the microscope or let me look through the periscope or, you know, whatever analogy we want to use for something. You know, another example of perspective and it wasn't even necessarily like a perspective shift, as it were, but more like, you know, mindset slash perspective. When we were, I was leaving for the event last weekend. And I don't know whether, I, I was trying to remember as I was, I was uh, composing a blog post. <laughs> and I was trying to remember when exactly this when exactly you brought this idea up, but you said somewhere along the line, you know, try and give 100% to all of your interactions with people today. Mm. Was that when I was leaving or was that mm-hmm. something that you that told me on the, the day before the day before? And 
that thought was resonating in my head as we were, as I was doing the comic show. And I have had tons of interactions with fans, not necessarily fans of mine, but fans of the medium who come by my table, who like my art, who read, you know, who look at my comic books, who, you know, who approach me. And I, you know, they're amazing. It's great. There's nothing, there's nothing so gratifying as showing up at a comic show with your artwork and your stuff and the things that you've created and having people come up and compliment you on it. But those interactions oftentimes because of the nature of the beast just have to be kind of surface level right they come up they say oh they compliment my artwork and then honestly i kind of have to enter pitch mode right i kind of have to enter the mode where i start to say oh yeah thanks a lot you know all my artwork you know these prints are this much this comic book is for sale here I am doing commissions and, you know, you got to kind of rattle off a like dossier of what you're doing there and what your chart prices are. Um, But because of this event, because I was, you know, away from home, so I was in a hotel and the hotel was the hotel that was uh, assigned for the show. So there was a lot of people who were staying there who were both other creators, but also fans who were going to be attending the show were staying at the hotel. So I had a great opportunity on Friday night before the show started. I went down into like the hotel lobby meeting area and I was just doing my thing, just drawing some pages and then some fans, not fans of mine, but just fans who were there for the show came into that common room to like hang out that night, saw me and we interacted and it was great. It was amazing. Phil Flittering around in the back of my head maybe was the idea of giving 100% of myself to different people who I interacted with. And there was another group there who were there watching a hockey game who just happened to be from South Jersey. And so I had a nice conversation with those people as well. But those folks who I sat there, it's Alex and Adam and some other guys who, uh, you know, who I met who I doubt will ever hear this podcast, but you never know. Um they were they were great they were a lot of fun we talked for a while and then the next they said and when they left they said oh we'll definitely look you up the next day and they did and then they got some stuff from me and then they came back and they kept saying hello and then i would see them at the hotel on saturday night and you know it was like a recognition and you're away from home i knew basically two people who were going to be at the show and that was about it they stopped back again on sunday and they got some more stuff And it just really kind of, for me, made the weekend much more, uh, felt much more like being home, like much more being within your tribe, as you would say, much more being um, kind of in a group that you felt like a part of as opposed to, oh, yeah, I'm a comic guy from five hours away who drove here to be here. So... And that little shift in perspective that probably was a little seed that you planted in my head before I left shifted my perspective so that when I was interacting with people throughout the weekend, I kind of always had that in my head. Give 100% to every interaction you're having. Did I do it 100% of the time? I don't know. But 
I had a really good weekend. And you set the intention. And I set the intention to do it. And, you know, to the degree I was successful, I think I had some, I think I made some new fans. I think I met some great people. And I think it was uh, an important shift in perspective in a positive way. Yes. Without having to be in the depths of uh, disaster and have to say, oh, well, maybe I can shift my perspective and this won't be so, so bad. Well, this is an interesting thing. I want to point out something that you said when you told that story. Mm -hmm. And this goes along the lines of perspective, shifting your perspective, shifting your mindset, and being very vigilant about the words that you use and the things that you say. Do you have any idea what I'm going to say? No. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure I said, I'm sure I somewhere I said I used the wrong word to use to describe something. It's not the wrong word. It's the wrong mindset or the wrong right. perspective. Yes, there you go. You were listing off several guys' names yeah. of people that you had met, oh. first names only. And then you said, I'm sure they'll never hear this podcast. And... As soon as you said that, I thought to myself, I almost was going to stop you right in the middle, but I thought, let me not break the flow of what you're, the story that you're telling. I'll just try to hold it till the end. But as soon as you said that, I kind of stopped hearing what you were saying for a minute while I thought about that and thought, that's a really negative thing to say, but yet it's so subtle that you wouldn't even pick up on it if you weren't looking for it, right? If you're if you're doing a podcast, why would you energetically uh, hold it back by saying, well, these people are probably never going to hear it anyway, but, I mean, why wouldn't you just say, hopefully one day they'll actually hear their names in this? That's a much more positive way of looking at it. Yes, it's true. It's, it's definitely... <clears throat> There definitely is some sensibility there of, oh, this could be a limited audience that might not cross over to the people who I interact with in, but who knows? in my work as comp guys. But why? Right? Exactly. Right. Like if You don't know who they are or what they're about or what their connections are or interests exactly. and who knows? Yeah. And I mean, we're just going to spend a lot of time in most of our podcasts talking about a lot of comic book stuff so why wouldn't we just have a ton of those people listening to us <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh -huh. maybe not exactly so so much <laughs> but no for sure obviously um self-limiting verbiage like that is something you have to watch or is something you have to to be very vigilant about the words you say yeah, I've probably spent the last year or two catching myself and policing my own thoughts and statements and word usage, word choice. <clears throat> and I think I've gotten pretty good at it, but some of my friends slash colleagues still catch me if I make a limiting statement about myself and they call me out on it. And as do I with them, which is what I really appreciate, that... I have people around me who are helping me to work to eradicate those self-limiting statements because there's no reason any of us should limit ourselves to anything. We should believe that we can achieve whatever we want. Growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. Thank yes. you, Carol Dweck. Dweck. We have to give a nod to Carol Dweck. <laughs> also to Lewis Howes because I heard that 100% of yourself to the interaction thing, that idea from his mm. podcast. 
So I constantly find inspiration and pointers from all different places. Yep. All right. So I think that about covers it for this uh, particular topic, at least today. So stay with us for a couple minutes and hear about our special offer. To thank you for listening to our podcast, we would like to put you in a special drawing. Everyone who subscribes to our podcast and gives us a review on iTunes before we post episode eight will be entered into a drawing to win either a copy of my book, Connection and Kindness, The Key to Changing the World Through Parenting, or copies of the full library of On the Square Comics publications, including the sold-out first print of Centralia Number 1, the Spring Anthology, and my 2016 sketchbook. The winners will be announced in Episode 9. Good luck. Good luck.